When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the things you asked me, uh, you know, leading up to this was maybe kind of like why, you know, what's what speaks to me, what what's, you know, maybe a personal take on his music, and uh, I'd been, which is a great, you know, thing to think about because, kind of, we talked about like music works on different levels. There's sometimes you just want to rock and roll, sometimes you want to feel, and all, all the different emotions that you know his music I think really covers. You know, he's such a vast catalog. I think maybe I hadn't thought about it in this way before, but I think one of the themes uh, or his style um, consciously or not is that he's got different characters in his songs that are usually a lot of times first person, sometimes third person objective, but there's people in a lot of different types of situations, these characters, and some of them are very bleak and sad or bittersweet. But I think that one one of the I think it's maybe a lesser skilled writer would make some of these characters pitiful and and like you know sad in a way even if their lives are sad and I think that his writing and again something I only kind of thought about recently I think there's a dignity to all his characters that even if they you know even if they're about to be executed or they're a uh, someone trying to cross into the USA, you know, you know, from Mexico, or they're trying to just, you know, rekindle their relationship, you know, all these different parts of, of life that he talks about racing in the street. There's just like, okay, this is my story, but don't feel bad for me. I'm just sharing with you where I've been and I'm holding my head high and I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep chasing my dream or whatever that dream is. I'm, you know, kind of in a big picture. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lessing bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson uh joining me today is uh a new friend dave and he's already been um helping me out as a producer i i love this he's like okay let's talk about some things and i was like this is, I, I love your professionalism because usually I'm just flying at the seat of my pants. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Great to meet you. Yeah. So let's start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I live here in South Florida in the Fort Lauderdale area. I'm a 55-year-old uh, guy uh, right in the uh, <laughs> prime Springsteen fan demo, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge music fan. I've been to about 175 shows. Uh, including one tomorrow night uh, with my daughter. 
but uh, about tw- uh, just uh, saw my 12th Springsteen show uh, uh, to start uh, in Orlando, be- beginning of this tour. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big music fan. I'm by, by my profession is a TV producer, video editor. I've worked in media for about 30 years, uh, uh, sports production, mostly marketing, advertising, promotions. So a lot of a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, my one of my prior prior lives was as a radio DJ in college, and uh, in here in Fort Lauderdale professionally uh, after college, but mostly been a TV guy. And uh, I actually remember back in '87 when I was in college on the radio, uh, what Tunnel of Love came out, and I remember we got to got to play some of the songs off of that. And I was already a Springsteen fan, and and turning into more of one. So. It was it was a thrill, uh, you know. Springsteen and uh, REM and U two all had big albums that year, and to be able to say, "Here's the new one from Bruce Springsteen," was a a thrill. That was the only uh, time I got to do that 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 summer and fall. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. I think that's, that's pretty a, cool. What kind of uh, sports have you worked with? Uh, I, well, I, I was a, a sports producer for the local Fox station here in Miami, so you kind of you cover everything. Uh, a lot of uh, going on site to games, uh, locker rooms, pregame, off days, interviewing players, coaches, that kind of thing. Uh, in my more recent years, I produced TV shows for uh, the Miami Marlins, Florida Panthers, and I also work year-round for the Miami Heat as a video editor, producer, making videos that fancy in-game and other things, corporate needs, social media, broadcast, other things that uh, maybe fans don't see, but... Uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, actually just yesterday I was at the World Baseball Classic in Miami uh, producing a story. So I, I I get around. I did the NHL All-Star Game this year for a, a show. So it's it's a it's a fun job. Uh, not as glamorous as some, pe- as some people think, but it has its perks and uh, I enjoy it. So um, are you a fan as well as? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Dolphins. Yeah, I'm a Dolphins season ticket holder for 25 30 years and uh that's my number one sport but i like like all the all the teams and sports and you know some more than others at times uh being a sports producer year round when i was doing that for the local tv i enjoyed the uh seasonal changes of the different sports and events but then then i did it for 10 years and it got was like oh this again so that was kind of my clue that it was time to have some different challenges but i i enjoyed it yeah i'm a fan i i think um, no matter what occupation you're in, I think you have to have some type of passion and enthusiasm for it. Otherwise, yeah. you're really not going to give it your all. So I know it's a cliche kind of thing, but I, I believe it. Did um, any thoughts on the Jimmy Johnson era or did you read it? Uh, I, I covered the team when Jimmy was here as coach. Um, it was fun. It was a little bittersweet because it was the end of Marino's years. And Jimmy was uh, the most intimidating uh, presence I've ever been around as far as a coach with the media. He would come out after a, a loss and talk for 30 seconds and no one would, would ask a question. People were too afraid. But, uh, you know, those were fun times. I covered, you know, uh, the tail end of Shula's years and then Marino and Wanstead and all that. I'm sure people don't want to hear too much about the history of the Dolphins, but. No, no, no. We're, yeah. <laughs> we, told you we go off on tangents. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tim Kalashaw uh, from the morning news here yeah. in Dallas talked about he he wrote a column about jimmy's new book and he mentioned uh that uh he had success in dallas and then uh did not have success in miami and they said jimmy went to him you know we did this we did this we did this um and you know callous was like 
it was just one comment in the column, you know? Yeah. So Jimmy is very intimidating. Yeah. And yeah, he was um, a very self-admitted, uh, I mean, in his retirement years from coaching, obviously he's been a broadcaster. Yeah. He, he, he really wore it. He really yeah. had, you know, he, it, it stressed him out. He retired fairly young as coaches go and mm-hmm. it was eating him up. So, yeah. uh, you know, great, great career. I, I, you know, got in the hall of fame now, but, um, an interesting, an interesting uh, personality, a uh, very intense person to cover and uh, be yeah. around. You don't see, like, I can't imagine Jimmy going to any concert while, <laughs> like, when Jason Garrett was here, um, you know, he, during the offseason, brought people to see Springsteen, right? And and in fact, I, I would love to get Jason on the podcast because he did his graduate work. Um, doing, you know, papers on Springsteen and Dylan. And so, you know, he's this wonderful uh, coach. So very nice and good. Always love to talk a little Jimmy Johnson um, that we joke about here that, you know, Jimmy wouldn't put up with this as we see 30 years of mediocre cowboy football. (laughs) So let's go back. Where did you grow up and what kind of music did your family listen to? Yeah, so I was born and raised down here in South Florida. Um, I have an older sister and an older brother, so I was surrounded by their music choices, you know, early as I was forming my own tastes. Uh, my parents were pre-rock era, so they were not into anything, uh, you know, beyond Broadway and classical and those types of okay. things. But but my sister, you know, was listening in the 70s to uh, John Denver, The Carpenters, Cher, uh, Elton John, uh, Carol King, you know, um, I, I did probably hear my first Bruce Springsteen from her. Um, but you know, I remember early, some of my earliest memories of Springsteen was like, uh, Rosalita and Wild Billy Circus Story. And that, those, those were a couple songs that caught my ear. Uh, my brother, uh, four and a half years older than me was a little more harder rock fan. Uh, a lot of Beatles, um, you know, whatever, you know, late seventies, Boston cars, uh, the kinks, uh, you know, Springsteen, I remember uh, him listening to uh, the Darkness album, and I wasn't a fan yet, really. And I remember my dad <laughs> really not enjoying it and, and getting mad at uh, the um, the singing, uh, you know, being annoyed yeah. by it. So, um, yeah, my bro- uh, The Who uh, is a big, uh, one of my first favorite bands, still probably my favorite band of all time next to uh, U2. Those are probably my my top two. Springsteen's probably right behind along with a, a few others. Um, so yeah, I was, you know, I was, I grew up hearing some music and, you know, when I got to be 13, 14, started to develop my own kind of focuses and, uh, you know, tastes and, and, uh, you know, became my, you know, a turning point for me was becoming, uh, uh, going to my first concert at 15 was a U2 show uh, 40 years ago this summer. Wow. It uh, was really, was really bitten by the live music experience. And, you know, like I said, 175 shows later, I've, you know, it's just something I, I, I chase a lot and spend too much money on, but, you know, to me, it's one of those great uh, life experiences and bonding experiences. And um, I've actually written uh, incompletely, of course, but as, as a lot of creative people are, but I've written a lot of uh, uh, blog entries about my concert experiences um using the um the idea that concerts aren't just like an accidental thing maybe maybe you wind up at an unplanned concert for you know but they kind of they're kind of like little uh, chapters 
in your life that represent who you were with, how you got there. You know, when you're a kid, you don't have to worry about a babysitter. When you're a parent, you do, uh, you know, road trips and all the different kind of unexpected uh, encounters you have. And, you know, to me, that's, it's a great kind of little snapshot of where you were in your life. So, um, yeah, I really, really value the, the live experience. And, you know, there's been highs, there's been lows, there's been disappointments, there's been out of body experiences, just like, this is as you know, if I die right now, I'm happy, you know, that kind of feeling at, at different types of shows. So um, it's really one of my main passions is, is trying to chase that moment or, you know, sometimes one or two songs in, in a show will be like, oh, that was worth everything. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Um, a couple things. One, it is, I hear this theme a lot of siblings when I'm talking about growing up. Um, either the, you're the oldest and you influence your younger 
or you're younger and they influence you either one way or you rebel against your older siblings music right like uh so i i think that's pretty interesting i had a guest uh, dave that um talked about he based all his stories about well we were living in austin during the tunnel of love tour and then we moved to chicago during the reunion arena reunion to you know era so i i love that he kind of thought everything in terms of springsteen tour you know eras um today um i went to go get a ticket for jason isbell here in dallas it was sold out um he's doing three shows in austin and a lot bigger venue so i you know sent a message to my lovely bride hey would you care if <laughs> i you know drove to austin friday night and then came back saturday no you could go and so yeah. uh so right again you know that's what I, I love that right this is more like okay uh, it's going to be a road trip i'm gonna drive down to austin i'm gonna see him then come back and i've never seen isbel so i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah i, I haven't seen him I, I i i need to get into him i hear a lot of people really like him and uh yeah i, I like i'd love to check out new artists um I, i'm one of those i think I'm, i feel like i'm an exception among maybe a lot of my people my age uh our age i'll say yeah. Um, a lot of people like uh, anything anything bef that came out after 1995 i'm not interested in it's like well there's there's good music being made all the time there's bad music being made all the time and you know you know i i'd like to keep an open mind and get into new artists and and yeah. uh, you know that kind of things that's one of the things that i'm trying to do this year and the thing that's hurting me is i i tend to explore a lot of new podcasts instead of music but um yeah, it, it, I do think that um, good for you that it keep expanding your base instead of sticking to, as you said, like yeah. And, one of the yeah, one of the nice things is my my daughter is uh, twenty two, and uh, you know I tried to raise her on my music, so to speak, and some of it she liked, some of it she you know we we share some taste, some things she likes that I don't, but um, I think I'm proud that she has what I consider good taste and. Yeah, you know, eclectic taste and she's sometimes said oh i'll check out this artist or this singer and which is great so that's another way that i get sometimes you know new new artists and and we can share that and like i said we're going to see that we're going to see they might be giants tomorrow night we've seen a few shows together and fun. yeah they're fine we've seen them together that's our favorite band and uh you know it's it's uh, i'm thrilled that i have a daughter that um recommends things to me that i like and i you know we, we go back and forth with that and you know we're not going to agree on everything but that's cool yeah so can you remember when you first you you talked about hearing your your brother darkness but can you remember when you first heard bruce stringstein and it started speaking to you and if yeah and why did it speak to you yeah, I, I was I was thinking about that. I mean, I definitely like I, I mentioned some of those songs I heard. I think the first song, maybe not that spoke to me, but that kind of like made me kind of uh, perk up, so to speak, was "Hungry Heart." It was a big, it was a radio hit. Right. I think I was I was probably I think in eighth grade at the time, um, and I was like, oh, that's a fun song. But it, you know, it was it wasn't an emotional song. 
I think I think what a turning point for me was if just a few years later, uh, early MTV days, and you know, I feel very lucky that I grew up in a time when like it was the new thing and it was the cool thing for a few years and sure. evolved. Um, and you know, early '80s, you know, it was you know Culture Club and Duran Duran and U2 and you know a lot of interesting bands, quirky bands, and then bright colors and fun boppy stuff. And I like a lot of that stuff, no doubt. And then one day I'm sitting there, you know, after school and there's a black and white grainy video, Atlantic City, Bruce Springsteen. I was like, whoa, this is different. And this is an artistic choice. This is not him trying to make Hungry Heart Part Two. And it stood out in its bleakness. You know, some people, that's not for everybody. But to me, I think that was like, oh, this is, this is cool. This is dark and artsy and whatever. And that's still one of my favorite Bruce songs to this day. I think that was a turning point moment for me. And then obviously Born in the USA came shortly after. And then, you know, superstardom, household name, if he wasn't already and all that. But I, I would say that was the turning point. You know, what I can remember is when I, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit older than you. I graduated high school in 77. So I was three years out of high school when Hungry Heart, you know, was hearing on the radio but I remember reading, because I loved MTV as well, um, that there was a whole article about videos, and they talked about that some of them are just basically excerpts of concerts. And then I remember them saying, and some, like Bruce Springsteen's Atlantic City, the artist doesn't even show their face, you know? And um, it there were short films. They were yeah, not, not look at me shaking my butt kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and it was very interesting. Um, and I agree with you. I think Atlantic City is is just a I, I love it. I, I think it's just a well done. Um, and it's what's nice is it's kind of become an E Street Band song, even though it was on Nebraska. That you know it it routinely makes the set list not on this tour but others right well if i could jump in on that i mean one of the one of the things i love is that i'll take a song like that that was very stripped down and uh earnest and then there's you know there's the sessions band version which is very swingy and then there's other versions and and you know he reinvents his music all the time and some people may not like that you know this song should sound like this but and i like when he takes you know i love his you know uh especially uh born in the usa that song when the 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 way it probably should have been you know released because it got so misinterpreted is that stripped down slide guitar blues bass version is what the song is really meant to be so i love that he's constantly repackaging reinventing the way songs are are um you know played and, and and heard yeah, like one of my favorites is from the Sessions Band is If I Should Fall Behind, kind of as a waltz. Absolutely. Know, it, it just, it, it is beautiful, um, that introduction and that the, the way they restyle it. Uh, that's great. Um, you've mentioned you've gone to a couple of shows. Um, we I always like to preface the amount of shows you've gone to Bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. There are plenty of people who are major fans that um, have never seen him live. There's other people that because of age and circumstances have been in the hundreds. 
Yeah, geography. So, geography you know, is a big factor too. Geography is a and big and, factor. And affordability, you know. Yes. Over the, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like one of my favorite musicians is Sarah Hickman. She she started in Dallas and later moved to Austin. But as she was growing, starting her row, I mean, we would see her every like three, four times a year because she was getting. And so like when people ask me, who have you seen the most? Like probably Sarah Hickman, you know, I don't, I can't even count them. I've yeah. seen her so often. I'm not, yeah, I'm not familiar yeah. with her. Yeah. Um, pretty fun singer songwriter uh that did tell me um you mentioned you've seen a you've seen a show on this tour correct yes talk yeah, to me Orla about Orla that yeah so that was in orlando um <laughs> i know there's been a, a lot of uh uproar about ticket prices i i i i, I went to orlando because the the hollywood venue which is 10 minutes away was just too pricey so i, I drove <laughs> that's a smaller <laughs> venue isn't it is yeah it it's a beautiful venue i've seen a couple shows there i saw the who there uh it's uh it's a it's nice it's a the sound is great actually uh but it's a seven thousand seat venue and okay. supply and demand and all that but as far as the show i went to uh yeah i really enjoyed it you know um as, as we know you know the long uh gap with covid and, and other circumstances you know, created an anticipation, um, you know, the, I think very solid or, or more than solid letter to you album, I think was, you know, uh, something I was looking forward to hearing some of those songs. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a really cool show. Uh, I would say it um, met or exceeded expectations. It, it, it becomes almost impossible sometimes when you're waiting years and you're, yeah. thinking, you know, am I going to have an outer body experience? Uh, as far as, you know, the show, a couple of the highlights for me personally, I don't I'll go over every song, but I love Wild the Innocent is my favorite album. So getting Kitties back and East Street Shuffle was like, okay, <laughs> if I just saw those two songs, you know, I'm good. So, you know, those were a couple of highlights. There were a couple more actually um, uh, on a, you know, like what I was talking about earlier about concerts can really be these highest highs and mm, maybe three or four examples over the 40 years I've been going to show happen for different reasons, but I was brought to tears during backstreets because not too long before that, I had just lost one of my close friends for, since childhood. And uh, I'm going to, I might get emotional talking about it now, but I was, you know, that it's the song by is already an emotional song. And, you know, um, you know, just thinking about my friend and, and what that song represented about growing up with someone and I, I learned recently apparently that song is I, I thought that Terry was a male friend but apparently Terry is a female the, that was a little confusing to me but uh, <laughs> the um I, I always interpret it as a male friendship but um either way I don't I don't think that's as important as kind of the spirit of the song of you know the paint painful well, uh go and, ahead please yeah, and no and there is there is a very song uh fandom that um that terry and the singer are lovers that they're that they're gay lovers so it which is a totally different perspective on the song um well yeah, yeah. just 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 to put a bow on that i mean uh you know that was you know i i'd seen him play that song before and that's probably in my top yeah. five or ten of his all-time songs but it just you know it hit me i was dealing still grieving you know a recent loss and it just the combination of everything and you know no no shame in talking about it no shame in the moment it was just like that was a moment and i'll probably always remember that as a way to kind of 
internally think about and, and, you know, honor my friend and all those different things. And, and music is so powerful that it can do that. And, um, but over, over, overall to maybe just go back to your question, I, I thought it was a great show. Um, I love the arrangements uh, with the horns. I, I, I enjoyed the stuff from, you know, night shift and, and um, yeah, I, I just, I, I love his choices. I'm one of those people like, you know, and I was happy with the stuff from letter to you, maybe, maybe burn train. I didn't care for where it was placed in the set. Like on a kind of build yeah. up toward the end, I was like, kind of felt out of place, but that's really nitpicking. So I thought so, it was a great show. So I did not get Burning Train. I saw three shows. I didn't awesome. get to go to the fourth. Um, the I ended up. I went to Houston. Then I went. I went to Dallas. Then in Houston. Then Austin. Came back from Austin. Woke up. That was on Thursday night. Friday didn't feel good. Woke up Saturday. Tested positive for COVID. Uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, so I ended up having to miss Tulsa. Um, I did not get Burning Train, and that's one of the songs I really wanted to hear. Um, I had a similar experience, and you know, if you guys don't want to be bummed out, listeners, jump ahead a couple minutes. But um, he was coming to Dallas on February 10th. And I had gotten word just a day or two before that my brother, who's 10 years younger than me, um, they had placed him in hospice. It I'm was sorry gonna, to hear that. Yeah, it was going to be close. And so um, when Last Man Standing came on, yeah, I won't lie, I got pretty emotional. And then my father, my my brother died on the 13th. And so then on Tuesday, you know, I'm in Houston and hearing that last man standing in backstreets is, is a wonderful one to punch. And, and I'm not the first person to bring that up, but the idea of this solo acoustical last man standing and then yeah. going to backstreets, which is about youth and trying is yeah. a great punch i i've heard people and and we've all i think one of the things we all have to admit to ourselves and most people do is that all of us if we were designing the set list would have different ideas like i was listening to some guys and you're like why do we need kitties back we don't oh my need God. that why do we need johnny 99 yeah you, and, you can't make everybody happy no you can't and i it, and it's you can hear it, Dave. Um, when we came home from the Dallas show, you know, we're all kind of hyped up. And so my my wife goes to bed. My son is staying with us for a while. He went to bed. And so I pulled up the computer. And so I went through everything. And I am not a fan of Kitty's Back. I just didn't don't care about the song. And all I, right, I got to go. I got to go, Jesse. No, I'm exactly. <laughs> and no, and this is what I did. I said, I owe Candy's Room and Kitty's Back the biggest apology. I'm like, I am so sorry. I've wronged you to hear that extant, expanded Kitty's Back. It is, and in fact, I had a guest of, of, of earlier, like a week ago, that is a big jazz guy. And I said, he's going to go to the show. And I said, I'm not going to spoil it, but I want you to come back on the show because it felt like we were at a jazz club. 
right? That they're all doing the symbols and everything. And so I said, I apologize. Kitty Back was one of the highlights. It was my wife's favorite song of the night. She just adored it. So That's great. Yeah. And I was like, no, I I could hear Kitty's back every time. I thought that's it was awesome. perfect. Well, that's that's uh, to me, that's another, you know, whether it's listening to albums or seeing a show, is that, you know, we're all changing every, every you know, going going through life, cliche, cliche, but you hear something fresh because it relates to you a different way, musically or lyrically or thematically, whatever it is, like, oh how did that not get that song 30 years ago? Well, you weren't maybe meant to get that song 30 years ago. A perfect example of that, Dave, is, is you talked about Born in the USA. So I was lucky enough to get to go to Broadway and I had seen the set list and I was like, eh, I don't like the blues version of Born in the USA, but okay, I'll put up with it. And so, you know, he tells the story about not, being drafted and said and when he says i wonder who went in my place yeah and then does that blues version i'm go i am an idiot this is the perfect version of born in the usa why would i second guess bruce right and so um i i think there are songs that find us yeah um i always thought independence day was a great song but when I heard it on the River Reunion tour, you know, the, you know mm-hmm. it went a different stage to me to hear yeah. Bruce at that age talking about it. So, yeah, I, I think it's right there with you, Dave. I, you know, the- yeah, well, I, I did not get to see the uh, Broadway show in person, but I've seen the, the yeah. Netflix uh, broadcast of it or whatever you call it, a stream. And I've listened to, you know, the album a few times, yeah. many times. And one of the songs that I'd never appreciated because I didn't, have the context of what it meant i didn't really think about what the story was uh one of the ones that i begin now it's like really elevated for me as far as one of my favorite songs is the wish because i didn't i had no idea what the song was about okay it's you know it's, it's a nice song but like he gives so much context about his mom and his relationship and what kind of spirit she was and like oh that's a beautiful song like i just love it you know like but, so you know there's there's songs that change i, I i'm I, I wish I had, it's funny, I was in New York, I'm, I, you know, visit New York maybe once a year, if that, and I was, I walked by the theater that he was playing, I think it was the very last weekend, he was, I was like, oh, so, this is so close, and yet I can't get inside, but, you know, that I, I love that Broadway show, it was actually, um, you know, it was cool to, to watch and listen to, because it was a um, stripped, well, shortened, a bridge version, so to speak, of, yeah. of his audio, of his book. And his right. audio book, which I had listened to, I devoured that in like a week, which is something because it's like 12 hours or yeah, it's, uh, it's I, long, it's 16 hours. Um, yeah. And um, there was so much stuff in there. And uh, a lot of that made it into the Broadway show. And, you know, some of it evolved a little bit. But um, and that's, you know, the context that's I, I feel, I, you know, as fans, we, you know, everyone can have their own opinion, but I feel lucky that he's so generous with some of this stuff and gives this context and you know it's still up to people to interpret or digest the music in their own way but like oh that's what that that's where that song came from and then do with it as you wish but um there's so many good stuff so many good ones on that show did you see western stars and did you what are your thoughts on that film? yeah i like i i've, I've seen the the film uh the, the, the live uh performance film so to speak yeah yeah i enjoy i enjoyed that album a lot um 
And again, some people are like, eh, it's not born to run. Well, of course not. Yeah. But no, I enjoy that album a lot. Um, you know, to me, there's a, a, a that album is maybe his first album that was um, intentionally crafted uh, or maybe not, maybe not intentionally crafted, but um, feels like a collection of uh, movies from films. It's a very sweeping cinematic uh, album. Uh, I you know, I think intentionally themed that way and with the strings and just, there's just, I think it's a beautifully produced album. Uh, the title track's one of my favorites. There's a few others that I love on that. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed that watching that performance. I I was actually um, I was wondering, maybe hoping he would have busted out a couple of those songs, maybe that you know, like um, on this tour. But yeah, you know his 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 call, his choice, and he's made more more new music since then. And uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. And that's you know, in the bigger picture, we talked, you know, we touched on the session stuff, obviously, you know, and you know, his you know Nebraska, Tom Jode, Devils of Dust, like. He's got such a palette of styles and choices, you know, now with the new covers album, not everyone's cup of tea, but like, he's not afraid to say, you know, this is what I want to do now and enjoy it or don't, but I'm an artist and and here's my choice right now. And I, and I love that. I, I, I don't, um, and it, and it applies for other artists too. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not like, well, you know, what, what I want to hear what you send to like in 1985 or 1995 and just, just play the hits, man. I'm, yeah. I'm not one of those fans, but some people go to hear the hits, and that that's fine. But that's it's just not my that's just not my uh, my attitude toward that stuff. Yeah i I felt like Western Stars was like a collection of Elmore Leonard short stories, like right? That, like yeah. that, yeah. That feeling. Um, I loved it. I I, I agree with you. I, I really was hoping that we'd get at least one or two songs from it i i'm i understand and and i do think that he much like broadway he has a story he wants to tell i think this set list is something he is he is communicating a story he wants to share and that's why the set list has been fairly static yeah but he has been to go back to sports, right? He has had to be the um, baseball manager, changing the lineup depending yeah. on who had COVID. Yeah. And so I think that's good. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel for the people who have had shows postponed. Yes. Uh, you know, it's that. <laughs> I think. Well, uh, you know, the last few years we've all gone through all kinds of uh, upheaval and postponements. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I went with that. You know. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, th- you know, hopefully everyone will be okay. Most of all, and then yes, everyone absolutely. will get. To, and, and then secondly, most people will get to see their shows. I know it's an inconvenience, but uh, yeah, I, the thing you feel most bad about, and there's nothing you can do about it, is um, the tickets will be good another day. But if you had paid airline fare, yeah. if you had hotels, yeah. that's what hurts. Yeah, and it's gone. Um, so you mentioned how much you liked Letter to You. Talk to me a little bit about that. Talk to me about the film. Talk to me about the album. What What were your feelings? Um, well, I, I think that um, I think there was definitely you know I, knowing that they uh, recorded it in a very short um, uh, short fashion uh, timeline. Uh, I think it was cool. I think I think there's a rawness to it. It's not overproduced. It's not meant to be maybe perfect if you know if, if that even exists um 
you know, I think, I think he was touching on, you know, we talked about, um, you know, the different uh, pal- you know, colors in the palette. I don't know if my, my metaphors are all over the place, but this one, I think it was, you know, here's kind of a, a traditional, so to speak, Springsteen album. And I think he really, I think he really nailed it. I love the, uh, the older songs that he re-recorded. Um, I love the title track. Uh, Ghosts is, is great. And I was happy to see that, A, that he played it, but the, I think people, and I don't know what percentage of the, the audience knew, knew the new album or wanted to hear the new album, but I thought it played really well. The, only, the one thing I want to say about the song Ghosts, which I love, is that the, uh, I won't sing for you, but the na-na-na part near the end is very similar to a song by The Call. Okay. Um, uh, I think the walls, walls came down. Okay. If you listen to that song, I think I'm you'll hear, <laughs> I, again, I won't sing for you, but if you listen to the, the Call, The Walls Came Down from 83, 84, give or take, um there's i think you'll hear a similarity there not intentional of course but yeah um yeah i i love the album um you know and i think you know as as the um theme of his uh set lists have shown and you know he's a he's a an artist who's dealing with mortality and the mortality of his band you know individually and as a unit and i think you know there's a lot of that in that album which is in in the tour and, you know, I think I'm just so uh, fortunate as a fan, I feel like that he's a, still making music, unlike Billy Joel, who I love, but stopped making music 30 years ago. Right. Um, you know, I'm just I'm so grateful that he's still out there. And yeah, 73, he doesn't sing like he did when he was 33, but geez, we should all be so lucky to be so uh, charismatic and healthy and all that at, at 73 or whatever age. Um uh, on a related note, I saw Paul Simon a few years ago on his farewell tour and his, you know, I don't know if he ever had the strongest voice, but in his later years now, his voice has um, weakened, I'll say, in its strength. But he was so um, um, skilled and soulful with his delivery, his phrasing, that it was just a different style of singing and a different, and it was such a uh, there's another there's another concert where i wept a little bit it was just so beautiful of him singing uh, singing with a little um string quartet uh or uh, whatever however many people they had so i you know i, I as long as the artists still have something to be, say and want to be there and can grow old gracefully and not try to jump around like they did when they were 25 i'm all for it you know this might be the last time i see springsteen this might be the last east street band tour i hope it's not um but you know as long as like, as long if, if he's wants to do it in five years and, and he can still do it i'll i'll be there if i can so yeah uh, you know I, I don't know if i answered your question i'm all over the place oh, but you did no that's yeah. perfect i i know one of the things um a couple of years ago we went down to austin to see john hyatt who's another one of my favorite artists and um his voice sounded a little raspy. It sounded like it was the end of a tour. Don't know if it was or not, but it, it, you know, it wasn't quite hitting the notes of things. And, but the emotion and the passion was there. Yeah. Uh, we saw him just last year with a band and they sounded great. So I do think it might've been just tired. Um, I think that's part of the beauty of live music, right? The idea of having that emotion, that connection, the, the, 
and I, I love how you put it. Um, we chase those moments that you're going to, um, I was lucky enough to be in Houston when he did, if I was the priest for the first time. Yeah. I'm jealous. And, yeah. We, we lost our blank. I mean, we, were, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and what's funny is my wife is sitting there is not, you know, we were with a bunch of friends and all of them are massive fans and Linda's a casual fan at best. And we were all going crazy. And she's like, what, what? And then she's like, oh yeah, I liked this song, you know, cause yeah. she had watched the documentary. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, you know, that was, that was a great moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, you know, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I, you know, I'd have to go to five or 10 shows to catch another, you know, maybe five or 10 different songs. But yeah, yeah, that's, it's just luck of the draw. And it uh, is luck of the draw. Yes. Yeah. And um, just a reminder, that's where the name of the podcast came from is set lusting. You oh, okay, are gotcha. watching this podcast, you know, you're watching the set list that you're not at a show and you start set lusting go, damn it. I wish I was there. Um, any other stories from shows you've gone to and not necessarily Bruce, but just, uh, well, I, I loved hearing these. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I mean, I'll give, I'll keep it within the, the Bruce, uh, you know, um, uh, experiences. Um, one of my favorite moments, uh, was, um, I believe it was the rising tour, uh, in Miami and, uh, just randomly, um, he he says, "Oh, and uh, I like to bring out a couple guests, and it was Bono and Dave Stewart of Eurythmics, and I'm a huge U2 fan, as I mentioned. Yeah, and, and they come out like, and I'm I'm losing my losing my blank, as you said, and they came out and they did because of the night, and I was like, okay, again, I could go home now, and you know, one song goodbye, and I was like, did that just happen? So that that was that was cool. Um, another time I saw him, uh, there's a venue down here which doesn't exist anymore. It's been turned into a church, but it was called uh, Sunrise Musical Theater and uh, long, long running uh, venue holds about 4,000 and saw him do, um, I guess it was the, um, it was one of the solo acoustic tours of, I think it was the, what was it Tom Joad? Yeah. 1996. And uh, yeah. we, I was about sixth row center in a small venue. That's as close as I've ever been to one of his shows. And that was just a, not really a story, but just a great show. And then yeah. near the end, near, near the end, he brought out Dion DiMucci. Deanna the Belmonts, who lives yeah. here, lives down here locally, and they did uh, a duet on "If I Should Fall Behind," which was beautiful. Oh, so, uh, I think those are the only two shows where he had a special. Actually, I got one more as far as special guests. Um, when he did the, I guess it was the Devils and Dust tour. Um, he was, I think that was the one who he was solo basically, yes. and and he had a bunch of different. He had like the that shotgun mic or whatever they call yes, it, exactly, different yes. bunch of different guitars and very uh, quiet, like respectful performance like you know i think they even stopped that they people couldn't even like go out for a drink during the show or something you know, they, they kept it very buttoned up which was cool and then near the end he brought all of a sudden hey little steven and clarence came out and they did, oh, they did wow. a few songs i believe they did thundercrack and a couple other songs so oh that's amazing uh, yeah I have to, i'd have to check the set list so i've been lucky you know a few times with with those types of just random um you know uh guest appearances that kind of thing and then one other i guess i would just say i'm trying to keep this moving for you <laughs> um, great yeah um on the uh in tampa which is the one of the only times i saw him well now i've seen him in orlando and tampa the rest have been down in south florida 
it was the wrecking ball tour and it wasn't and there was no special guest but that was i believe the first tour after clarence had died and there was an emotion to that that just kind of you could sense you know it was jake's first tour with the band and i remember i'm sure he said it probably every show on that tour but um because it was during uh 10th avenue freeze out you know when the big man joined the band and that's and he kind of stops the song I, I don't know if he had this if he said this during that song or before but but i remember him saying if we're here and you're here then they're here which was just a very simple way to say like we can go on we can grieve the you know clarence and danny he was you know danny had lost been lost before clarence and you know a way to gracefully recognize their absence that jake is not is never going to be clarence but he's part of our you know, East Street family and we can move on with him. And, you know, there was an emotionality to that show. And, and um, you know, I felt lucky to, to have been there for that. I, I also saw them, uh, when, I don't remember the, which year, but um, I was supposed to see them. And then Danny passed away and they, they postponed a bunch of shows for a good reason and then played about mm, six eight weeks later to uh, maybe, maybe a little bit longer so when they came back and that there was you know you can't ignore you know that loss what for the band and and for bruce as you know one of his closest you know confidants friends all that yeah. so um you know and that's and that's part of the joy and pain of following an artist that has that tight-knit group of uh brothers brothers under the bridge and all that you know yeah. whatever they're that family that's part of the appeal and the of you know and, and, and you know they've added some different musicians along the years as backup singers and Susie and, and all the different people but you know that that core handful of, of of guys is you know it's a i mean it's a hall of fame connection it's a yes. legend legendary you know and all the earth shake and all booty shake yeah. and all that <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, they're legendary. They've earned it. So, Damn. you know, it's sadly that a couple of those guys have been lost, but their legends live on. And, and, you know, um, you know, and Bruce always knows how to, you know, I, I, I hate to say always is, but has, you know, known in his own way, how to recognize it, honor them and keep the rock and roll going for the fans and, you know, all that. Yeah. I remember that they were doing the Sirius XM of they did the the free concert for certain, you know, you could win tickets to see them there at the Apollo Theater and then they broadcast it over Sirius. And yeah, I, remember that. I ended up actually buying um paying extra so that I could stream Sirius because I had not done that. Yeah. And uh, and I remember sitting here at this computer, listening to that show after Linda had gone to bed. They had they replayed it, and hearing that phrase when he goes, "Are you missing anybody? Are we missing mm -hmm. anybody?" Mm -hmm. And I I went a few months later and went and saw. I was visiting my mom, and uh, I was trying to tell her this and you know, she didn't get it, but I, I thought of that when you're with your family and you start talking about your grandparents aren't there or yeah. an uncle isn't there or an aunt yeah. isn't there or yeah. a good friend or my brother. And I think of that if, if you're here and we're there, they're here. Yeah. And it is such a powerful mantra 
I, I totally agree. To lighten things up, yeah. my, my first show was in 2002, the Rising Tour, mm-hmm. and Don Henley came out and said, and did I fought the law with Bruce. Okay. And that was great because Don Henley yeah. lived here in Dallas. Then yeah. my second show was the Devils and Dust Tour, and Jimmy LaFay came out and did my Oklahoma Home. So nice. I'm thinking, hey, this is a thing Bruce does. It <laughs> every, is. Every um, show, not, yeah. <laughs> he's going to come at yeah. someone. So I yeah. was in Nashville, and I'm like, oh, this is it. We're in Music City. Who knows who's going to come see it? And, of course, sure. no one did. Yeah. I was just thinking, oh, man, yeah. this is going to be great. And uh, uh, go back just a few weeks ago. I'm in Austin, Texas. And um, the band comes out, and Bruce comes out with a guy, and very quickly you tell it's George Strait. Yeah, and I, w- and I wouldn't recognize him because I'm not enough of a country yeah, fan, but yeah, I know the name. Yeah, yeah. So um, King George, you know, one of the most successful male country music artists ever, yeah. and and you're like. And of course it's Austin, so they're going crazy. And you know, and and all George says is I'm here to introduce a band that needs no introduction. Yeah. Austin, please welcome Bruce Springsteen, the E Street band. He didn't play a song, he didn't come back ever. He yeah. just introduced them going, and we were all kind of not disappointed. We're like, can we do anything with them? So yeah, yes. that, yeah, that seems a little silly. He was there, they couldn't come out yeah, and do yeah, exactly. some, type of sta- some type of standard, but you know, yeah, yeah, that'd be, you know, hey, we could do the circle be unbroken. That sounds great. Um, are you, you don't have plans to go to any other shows on the tour for now? No, I do not. Okay. And, uh, uh unless I win the lottery and then I'm going to go to all of them. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, my, my, my wife asked that once. She's like, okay, so, like, what would you do if you won, you know, if you won the lottery, if we had unlimited money? I said, oh, the next time Bruce Springsteen toured, I'd go to every show. You would just leave me? I'm like, no, <laughs> you can come too. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you're asking what I would do, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, so is there any songs you're chasing? Is there a wish list of a song you haven't got to hear live um, you would like I, to hear? I, I, I don't know okay. <laughs> i have i'd really you know because the the show you know this was the first show in uh seven years that i'd seen yeah. him so you know i know the data's there uh i'd have to like look at all the spreadsheets of what i've seen and which i know there's a way to do that and then say oh i haven't seen these you know five or ten songs so yeah um you know, seeing him on the river tour that that checked off a few songs that I yes, absolutely. Had, never, had never, you know, songs that I don't think he had played since the river tour, probably several of them at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, like point blank and, and some of the others, you know, that was really cool. Um, yeah. I wish, you know, I've seen him play a good part or most, almost all of while I'm the innocent uh, over the years. I don't think I've ever seen, I've definitely never seen him play wild Billy um I, you know maybe he's played the rest i don't think I, I know he has played new york city serenade and incident but um not sure i think i've seen one of those or, um but anyway 
I'll look at two in the weeds. No, 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 that's good. That's yeah. what we're doing. Um, my boss time is the website I recommend. Um, it you is, go. you can create a free account and it has every tour, every show you select. I was there, I was there and it does all the calculation for you. Okay. And it will okay. Be I'll get back fun. to you on that. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, anything that I should have asked you that I haven't. I think we covered a lot. I, I just, you know, I think one of the things you asked me, uh, you know, leading up to this was maybe kind of like why, you know, what's what speaks to me, what what's, you know, maybe a personal take on his music, and uh, I'd been, which is a great, you know, thing to think about because, kind of, we talked about like music works on different levels. There's sometimes you just want to rock and roll, sometimes you want to feel and all the different emotions that, you know, his music, I think really covers, you know, he's such a vast catalog. I think I, I, maybe I hadn't thought about it in this way before, but I think one of the themes uh, or his style um, consciously or not is that, you know, he's got different characters in his songs that are usually a lot of times first person, sometimes third person objective, but, there's and people in a lot of different types of situations, these characters, and some of them are very bleak and sad or bittersweet. But I think that one, one of the, I think it's maybe a lesser skilled writer would make some of these characters pitiful and, and like, you know, sad in a way, even if their lives are sad. And I think that his writing, and again, something I only kind of thought about recently I think there's a dignity to all his characters that even if they, you know, even if they're about to be executed or they're a, uh, someone trying to cross into the USA, you know, you know, from Mexico, or they're trying to just, you know, rekindle their relationship, you know, all these different parts of of life that he talks about racing in the street. There's just like, okay, this is my story, but don't feel bad for me. I'm just sharing with you where I've been and I'm holding my head high and I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep chasing my dream or whatever that dream is. I'm you know kind of in a big picture. And I think he doesn't make it. Uh, I think the word is maudlin overly, uh, you know, like, Oh God, this, you know, depressing. Maybe some people find some, you know, Nebraska or some, or Tom Joad, some of the, some of those albums, the rising has a few, so I mean, different type of sadness, but um, I still think there's a lot of dignity there. And just like, I'm going to keep fighting. It's the, you know, it's the, you know, the promised land uh, there's, you know, or um, 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 darkness. I don't know. I just feel like there's like, there's still a head held high attitude and looking forward, even in the bleakest moments. And I, I think that just speaks a lot to his um, talents and him um, knowing how to kind of uh, not be so heavy handed on things that, that um, other artists would be a lot more uh cliched about yeah i i, I agree uh, i think john stewart made that joke in the kennedy honors it's something about that if you when you listened to bruce springsteen you're not a small person from jersey you are a small person in jersey in an epic tale or something along yeah. those lines yeah and, and i think that's really well said um one other thing I wanted to just mention or talk about was that in his book, which I listened to, which I recommend if anybody has not, because it's not about his words, which are beautifully written. Yeah. His, his prose writing is a different style than his songwriting, and it's equally stunning in a lot of ways. 
but because he's narrating the audiobook, his performance, uh, both natural and you know intentional, is really strong and, and just a, a beautiful listen. But I think one of the things that, um, and I was obviously a, a fan for many years before I listened to the audiobook, but one of the things I really got out of it was his relentless drive to succeed because you know the the and and he's talked about this you know the road is littered with bands artists uh, of any medium that could have been should have been but life gets in the way or they're they didn't have quite the drive and it takes such an incredible amount of dedication and sacrifice to play all those crappy dives and and you know legion halls and all the things he, he talks about like and still want to keep chasing it and and you know get a couple breaks along the way but he really made his path and you know it's like you know the overnight sensation but it's but it took so many years and all that it, it's just it's a remarkable and it, I, you know you see it in athletes you see it in other industries but like the people that succeed for the most part are people that just work their ass off. And, and, you know, I think he's a great Testament to that. And that was one of the kind of the main things I got out of his book is like, I fought like hell and I, and I finally succeeded. Yeah. I think really well said. And um, I was really struck in the book. Um, I did both. I, I read the book. Then I ended up buying the audio um, and, um, one of the one of the quirks of my car i have a 2012 mitsubishi and it has a hard drive in it so if you put in a cd it automatically burns the cd to the hard drive so mm -hmm. um so i still have the book on this you know and so yeah. uh i went back last year and re-listened to it just to revisit um, and, and just really loved hearing those stories again. Um, I just, for reasons, um, I went and read Peter Ames Carlin's book again. And after listening to Bruce's book, I enjoyed Peter's book even more because it's from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, he's a great storyteller, and I do think that we should be very happy that as an artist, he is still trying to to do something new and creative and to express himself, and it, it's, it's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, I feel very fortunate, and, you know, a lot of artists that keep going, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and, and look, if someone wants to hang it up, Bill, again, I'll going back to Billy Joel, not picking on him because he's one of my yeah. favorite artists, but he's like, oh, I've said everything I got to say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed as a fan. I respect it. You, yeah. may, you know, I don't, I don't want you to, you know, put out something that's watered down. Uh, I don't feel Bruce has done that. And, you yeah. know, but everyone's got their own, their own path. Some, you know, REM I've said, okay, we, we've, we've done all we can do here. And, you know, there's other bands like that. So uh, I just feel so lucky that, that Bruce is, still still putting it out there and, and at a high level absolutely um all right any final thoughts before we get to the mary question um <laughs> uh, no i think we've covered a lot i okay. appreciate you letting me yap uh no and this was great <laughs> been, i yeah, love this fun. yeah yeah all right so if you are a 
friend or family member of Dave and you're listening to this podcast for the first time, thank you. He did you proud. Um, I end every podcast with a Mary question. And what that is, is uh, Jay Armstrong, who is a retired English teacher from the Philadelphia area. Um, when he was teaching, he would give his students uh, Thunder Road lyrics, treat it like a poem, would discuss the imagery and the phrasing that Bruce has used. They would talk about the themes of the song. And then at the end of the two days, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So Dave, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I'm going to say yes, she does, because he's so passionate and he's laid out such a good case, you know, he's, 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 he's a lawyer and he's like, you know, he's building a case, you know, it's a town full of losers, you know? So I, I think, yeah, I mean, do, do, do they, uh, do they have live happily ever after? Maybe not, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she gets in the car because uh, it's uh, you know, it, nothing to lose and uh, the whole world out there. So uh, I'm I'm a glass half full kind of guy, Jesse, you know, so. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Um, all right. If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Uh, they don't, I don't want anybody to reach me. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I, I should know if you give me a moment here, sure, take the, your time. Uh, the, the, um, the, uh, the concert uh, blog that I've um, put out there. Uh, I, I've. Um, a hundred concerts. Yeah. Dodwadspot.com. Uh, yeah. Let's let you want to say it. Let's hundred. Yes, that's it. Let's say yeah. it again, but clearer. Go yes, ahead. it is. Um, you are on Twitter at D-K-O-B-E-R-T, D K O B E R T D Cobert. And it's a hundred concert.blogspot.com. Yes. And uh, I am looking forward to reading some of these. I, I love the idea that the concerts are more about your phase of your journey and your life journey, I think is really beautifully said. So I'm looking forward to reading these. Thank you. Yeah. It's really, so in in those concerts, you know, I'm partially uh, in the blog, I'm partially reviewing my memories of the show, but it's not a a pure concert review. Uh, Some of it is, is, well, who did I think this artist was then? And what did they go on to be? Some of them flamed out. Some of them were legendary careers. But, you know, what, what circumstances led me to like that band in some cases? What, what about, you know, the venue who I was with and some other circumstances of around the show and kind of just reflecting on it 30, 30 40 years later on some of them and and kind of saying okay this was a cool show uh, you know there's one of the shows i talked about was bob dylan i uh, saw in 1989 and i was like i love bob dylan the artist i hate bob dylan the performer and, and i explained why so it's not all just oh everything was great you know there's yeah. there's some highs and lows and i'm not afraid to you know but it, i'm not there to rip anybody it's just it's just I, I think there's universality to to some of it hopefully and uh um you know, it's just a, it's, it's a fun hobby. I, I, it's been several years since I've written some of those entries. Uh, it does take some time to do, and I'm a horrible procrastinator. So I should get back to it. I actually have almost all the ticket stubs going back to my first show in 83. Um, and that's what kind of inspired me to, and helped me remember, <laughs> you know, where I've been and all that. And the internet helps you reconstruct some things and some things are, you know, um, hazy memories, but, um, 
yeah, a lot of fun. So if, if, if one person reads one entry, that's great. I'm, I'm not expecting it to, uh, to blow up or anything. No problem. We will have, I will have the link in the show notes. Thank you, my friend. This was great. I appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, thank you. And, and I'd love to have you uh, visit again. Listeners, go check out the blog. Uh, please uh, be safe, be kind, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, perfectly good podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Pantheon.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.